Hello, it's Detroit here from the Poultry Sum, and uh, I was going to talk today a little bit about MC5, the natural evolution of the troglodyte into motor city greasers. My nom de plume was a kind of happy accident taken from a Joni Mitchell song and a line about all romantics meeting the same fate someday, cynical, drunk, and boring someone in some dark cafe, and how the last time she saw Richard was Detroit in 68. I carelessly ended up renamed for eternity with the most brutally creative and high-energy music scene destination in rock and roll history, without even ever visiting there. I should wear the name with caution, instead I throw it around carelessly. Detroit. It sounds almost stylish, a Gallic air, graceful almost. Instead, it's soaked with the fumes from steelworks, car manufacturing plants, and a city on the rocks that was once home to the likes of Alice Cooper, Iggy Pop, and the late great MC5. My hero, Lester Banks, for what it was worth, seemed to have a bee in his beer and cough syrup-soaked bonnet about the MC5, writing them off as trogs wannabes minus the sexiness. While Rolling Stone was lauding the MC boys as the next big high-energy thang to shape, battle and roll to, Lester was coming up with such delightful disses as they come on more blue cheer than Train and Sanders. Ouch. Lester's reckoning for the band is a lot of hype, not so much bad boys make good on their methamphetamine-fueled promises, calling them crude and raw was a bang's takedown piece de resistance. His gripes ranged from the fact that he saw them as too derivative, not saying anything new, and having a, quote, paucity of ideas. Perhaps Bangs was a little harsh, I don't know. Maybe Detroit was getting to the old sniper and he was lashing out at the scene in the cream office as much as he was disenchanted with Sonic Smith and the MC5 gang. Lester did make a concession that the MC5 would probably sell a shed load of records off their teenage revolution and energy shtick, and for that much he was not on the money. The MC5 didn't sell nearly as well as they should have. They remained instead on the borderlines of the financial behemoths of the later punk bands. However, in this final reckoning, I'd say their influence in music is worth a lot more than the question mark and the Mysterians or the Kingsmen that Bangs compared them to. I hope someone gave Lester a drink, some better drugs, and he chilled out. I guess Detroit would get to anyone after a while. The golden age of enlightenment through rock and roll is dead. We're in a musical and cultural dark age. Was birthed in the delta in shades of blue, dragged into the mainstream by a few renaissance men and women in the 60s and 70s, heralded by Hendrix and Dylan, and dragged kicking and screaming into the industrial modern age by the beat triumvirate of the heaven and hell. There were the music scenes of Detroit, New York City and California and finally laid down to rest in the last golden age, the 1990s, is now jerking and twitching in the airways, drowned out by manufactured Nashville country, hipster acoustic acts trying to rehash Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel. I'm looking at you, tallest man. And the fact that young people prefer to make and consume social media as their act of rebellion instead of picking up a guitar and making their mamas worry they'll die in ditches. I guess the rebels are still dying in ditches, but they're all so mundanely dull nowadays. It's all fent overdoses and meth so strong. All the average speed freak is up to is shuffling free newspapers, scrubbing the same patch of wool for 36 hours straight and staring into the middle distance with that methamphetamine thousand mile stare. What they're not doing is forming the new MC5 and boy, I wish someone would. All there is for it now is looking back while the kids yell, OK, boomer at my elderly self. Music is medicine and the MC5 is a shot in the arm. Whenever I felt sluggish and slow, down and lacking in energy, there was nothing quite like shouting, kick out the jams, motherfuckers, along with Fred and the boys and jumping on that pure MC diesel. The energy and verve of the MC5 is more contagious than a bad case of the Delta Vid. These boys are pure testosterone-fueled sound and fury, yet not signifying nothing. People have the power, Fred Sonic Smith wrote with his wife, Patty. Detroit, that city of the blue solid-collar worker spawned early socialist punk rage long before Strummer and The Clash even thought about burning down London. 
That's not to say that the MC5 were above some pure rage. They are from Detroit, after all. Back in 64, some holdout cave-dwelling trogs were turning out mostly sweet little pop songs for little English cuties and their mop-top worshipping crushes. But beating in their troggy hearts was an engine for destruction and seduction, also known as the guitar of Chris Britton, the bass of Pete Staples, the drums of Ronnie Bond, and the vocals of the other great Presley of rock and roll, Reg. I'll get this out the way right here and now. The MC5 owe a lot to the trogs. If the trogs were naked cave dwellers in the pleasant English mountains, green cavorting before satanic mills and forming chariots of fire and bows of burning gold out of pure dexedrine power powder, scaring the squares and the olds and disturbing the wild things into a frenzy of pelvic imperatives, the MC5 were semi-evolved beings who existed in a loose society of mostly feral motor city dwellers. Farming sound waves, urban anger, teenage angst and dissatisfaction and curled lips snarling, hinting at their recent domestication while being some of the wildest things on the steps of mod proto-punk culture. There was a little more stylized sneer to their Motor City vroom vroom shtick, but they still had the aggro threat and power to spare. Where the trogs got there first, marking their time cars as proto-punk sleaze purveyors in 64, while sullying their speed-freak easy-rider cred with pretty pop tracks such as Love Is All Around Me, the MC5 were hot on their tails and were much less fond of playing to the quieter, more romantic elements of the teenage lust and rebellion gang. Kick out the jams, the MC5 69 debut album was wall-to-wall noise, driven by an engine that had more roar and grumble coming out of their Vox Super Beetle amplifiers than even the most stacked Dodge Charger rolling off those famous Detroit automobile lines. Wayne Kramer told Arthur, number nine, the counterculture magazine, that they were real 100-watt amplifiers, pure power. They had these gigantic speaker cabinets with four 12-inch speakers and two metal high-frequency horns in them. No one had ever heard anything this loud before. So the next step was the Marshall amplifiers, and they were, I don't know how you quantify it, but they were quite twice as loud. You had twice as much speaker all of a sudden, and even more powerful amplifiers, so you're pushing twice as much air. Pushing air was indeed the name of the game. Blue cheer might have been louder, but they were less interesting and more brutal. Listening to blue cheer is an exercise in masochismic withstanding of oral pain and vibration. Kick out the jams might be loud, but not to the point of wanting to turn off and tune out. The MC5 rocked the biggest party in town and offered a framework and a focus to the scattered light of teenage dissatisfaction and fury. People have the power, but so did the MC5, the power to wake people up and direct their energies. MC5's cover of Al Smith's Motor City is burning, most famously sung by John Lee Hooker, is a fist in the air of solidarity. The MC5 were deeply political principles and sure pushed the mayor towards the cause of racial equality, justice and freedom. The fact that they sounded pretty fierce while pushing against the high society. Wayne Kramer's shout of this is high society with the snort of derision before launching into the song remains a bow-legged motor city cowpoke standing aground, a solid counterculture position being held and espoused. And it was done kind of good as well. The MC5 knew the kids wanted to cut loose and blow off some steam too. And the true star of the MC5, Fred Sonic Smith, provided the most aggressive guitar this side of heavy metal. His Rickenbacker 45012, modded with a humbucker pickup for extra bite, is the sound of the MC5. Sonic was playing with distortion and overdrive before the Ramones and Sonic Youth had even cut the apron strings and struck out for fame and filthy fortune. The guitar weaving between Kramer and Sonic Smith rivaled any duo in rock and roll. They were the Dwayne Orman and Dickie Betts of proto-punk. 
From the sweetly sexy rambling rose to the experimental interstellar astro drive of Starship, they ignited the revolution via stripped wire bare naked electric exchange of air and vibration, testing and probing for holes in the other's high-octane riffs and counterplay. Cream wished they could put out something as grittily white boy bluesy as rambling rose. What the band lacked in finesse, they made up for in sheer guts and balls. This is no sissy shit, though I am fond of that too. This is testing the boundaries and barriers. When Wayne Kramer demands of the audience in the beginning of Rambling Rose that they decide which side of the fight that they're on, uh, you know he's for real. Kramer was the grand priest of the punk revolution. The time has come for each and every one of you to decide whether you're going to be the problem or you're going to be the solution to realize their power on the purpose of purpose on the planet and testify. He comes on like a meth-fueled revivalist at some megachurch meet, demanding his followers choose revolution or total lack of relevance because the revolution was coming anyhow. What I'd give for some of that revolutionary energy nowadays. Now it feels dangerous to have an unpopular opinion, and the revolution is something that lands up with people doing hard federal time. Revolution and mind-freeing via sex, drugs, and rock and roll was an option. It was an option, but it got bloated and it failed utterly. Kick out the jams is the MC5's testimony. Let me be who I am and let me kick out the jams, they demand. Fred Sonic Smith's guitar insisting on no backsliding or the quiet scaredy cat refusal to put their noise where their hearts and souls are, in the burning streets of Detroit, in those who fight the pigs, with the disaffected kids who want more freedom from life than they were told they could ever have. It feels like listening to the first shots of a war that was ultimately lost, a war for freedom, fun, equality and solidarity. We came so strong out of the gate. Our cause was just, our weapons were loud. The MC5, though, were members of the White Panther Party, which I know makes me have a knee-jerk reaction of, sounds pretty white supremacist to me, motherfuckers, but instead the opposite was true. The White Panthers were affiliated to the Black Panthers. John Sinclair, who managed the MC5, was one of the co-founders of the White Panther Party. White Panther's statement provided a blueprint for everything the MC5 was about and what they wanted, not just for Detroit, but for the country as a whole. You might say they were dreamers, but these were no hippie Lennon wannabes. In November 68, Fifth Estate published the White Panther statement. It ran as follows. We want freedom. We want the power for all people to determine our own destinies. We want justice. We want an immediate and total end to all cultural and political repression of the people by the vicious pig power structure and their mad dog lackeys, the police, courts and military. We want the end of all police and military violence against the people all over the world right now. We want a free world economy based on the free exchange of energy and materials and the end of money. We want free access to all information media and to all technology for all people. We want a free educational system utilising the best procedures and machinery our modern technology can produce that will teach every man, woman and child on earth exactly what each needs to know to survive and to grow into his or her full human potential. We want to free all structures from corporate rule and turn the buildings over to the people at once. We want free time and space for all humans, dissolve all unnatural boundaries. We want the freedom for all prisoners held in federal, state, county or city jails and prisons since the so-called legal system in America makes it impossible for any man to obtain a fair and impartial trial by jury of his peers. We want the freedom of all people who are held against their will in the conscripted armies of the oppressors throughout the world. We want free land, free food, free shelter, free clothing, free music, free medical care, free education, free media, free everything, free for everybody. Sounds good, doesn't it? 2021 is what failure looks like. This is what a wasted dream looks like. This is what looking back at a war and the war that sounded so good and so freeing and realizing it was all for nothing and that no ground was held looks like. 
We are still left wanting, and there's only one thing for it, to try again to kick out the jams, motherfuckers, to play that record one more time and look at the MC5 manifesto and to see if there's anything we can salvage of the dream we once all held that there could be a better, more equitable future. I'm not much of an idealist. I know there's no punk rock Eden to rattle the gapes to and bang down the walls of. Eden is burning just as much as Detroit tends to and just as much as California with its Santa Ana winds is threatening to right now. And you know what? We are going to have to just hold on. And I've lost my place on the page and I can't find it. But I don't want to record all that again. So I'm going to try and find where I was and see if I can pick this up again. And while I do that, hello, I hope you all had a really good Thanksgiving. And uh, you'll put up with me trying to find out where on earth I am on this page. Somewhere down here. I don't have the stomach for a great reset. I don't have the energy of youth. All I can do is push a copy or kick out the jams towards the TikTok generation and hope for the best. Hope that within them there's a spark of rebellion and idealism that I lost somewhere back down the road a ways. Hope that some of our best troops of the revolution, the MC5, who some of the best tunes and the wildest jams, can reach through time and shake some life into matters. It might well be our last and best hope. I'll see you guys again soon. And that's it today from the Poultry Sun. Goodbye.